My fashion show isn't spring summer, it's every damn day. <laughs> I may be a writer, but I know how to read a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Yeah, it is. It's We're just nodding. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. I think it's 309. I didn't check. Which is a thing that I, it's a, it's a tradition at this point to not actually know the number of the episode. God forbid I know. And then there's, there's a real pickle here. There's yeah. like a little But bit. you know what? What are numbers? What are numbers? They're numbers just are nothing. They're nothing. Sometimes you go a different way. No. You know? Yeah. You know what? Sometimes the numbers are there. Sometimes they're not. Right. The only ma- <laughs> the only number that matters is 420 or 666. <laughs> I guess can 1692. I, okay. Can I please tell you? <laughs> That my dad, when he had his law firm, the last four digits of the phone number was 6666. Because he thought it was really funny for people to call their lawyer and feel like they're calling hell. Calling the devil. He also had gargoyles (laughs) in the waiting room. That is the coolest thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I am my father's daughter. We are are absolutely (laughs) assholes. We lean into the the crazy is what we do. Perfect. Um, You guys, again, as I said, (laughs) and Sandy's Girls, it's that podcast you just started listening to. And I'm so excited to be joined by a return guest who is in the cloth, third time, third time's the charm. Yes. You know her as TV writer, just honestly an iconic Bravo-holic, someone <laughs> whose glasses I want to steal from. We have, we're both in, we both believe very strongly in a gold metallic Warby Parker. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. did try your Yorks. They did not work out on my face. I am in a different one, but I really am... Every time I see your beautiful face, I'm so upset because I want those glasses, but they just don't work on me anyway. Alex Zaragoza, welcome back to Andy's <laughs> Girls. Hi, hi. Thanks for having me again. Also, your glasses look amazing. See, Thank I you. can't, when I try your type of lens, I immediately look like, uh, like a, stripper teacher which is a hot look I would kill for that look but it's like it I I think my my sciatica doesn't (laughs) carry me doesn't carry the look as well I don't know what it is but whenever I try like a cute round glasses thing like it just doesn't work but this I think I just have like a vibe that screams 70s like yeah 70s mafia mistress is is usually my go-to vibe and aesthetic I love, like, I want to be Marissa Tomei in my oh. cousin Vinny. I want to be Sharon Stone in Casino. I, that's just everything. I, like, or yesterday I was like, today I'm channeling Tony Collette <gasps> in The Sixth Sense, you know, with like the turtlenecks oh and the nails and the, the leather trench. Like, that is the vibe. I think it's a very, like, Italian jersey thing, even though I'm from Mexico. <laughs> I'm Mexican from Mexico um, and San Diego. Uh, So, yeah, but that's usually the vibe that I love. So this works for me. So how did you, because it you do have a look and it is absolutely perfection. Thank you. Where did you, how did you kind of meet this identity that's connected with you so well? I think it's been a few things. So, A, I'm, um, you know, punk teen at heart and was as a teenager just like a punky teen so I just you know I've always loved leopard print and leather and like a stud and and like I've I've loved like a chain I've it's just I was that was me as a teenager and um but then I've also really loved uh like 60s 70s like 60s mod aesthetics 70s Mm. sort of aesthetics like 
uh, since I was a kid, I had um, I used to cut like pictures of like Twiggy, <gasps> and, um, from my mom's like magazines mm. and like pa- like paste them on my wall. I just like loved the look of like a strong cat eye and a yes. blue shadow. It was my favorite. I just thought those were like the most beautiful women in the world. I already see photos of my mom in the sixties and seventies with like her poof hair and her like because she was so gorgeous and she would like <sighs> wear these amazing outfits. And so that was like. That was always the thing that I looked at where I was like, those are like the most beautiful women I've mm. ever seen, right? And then I think it also just fits my body type. Like that 70s type just fits my body type. I'm a carrot-shaped person. I've I'm never a, heard of carrot before. I'm a person of carrot-shaped experience. <laughs> she got a wide back. She got big titties. But like I don't have like a teeny waistline. I don't really have hips or an ass. In my head against the dress. I'm literally, I'm literally shaped like a carrot. Oh Carrots can God. be hot too. Who They're doesn't love a carrot? Full of beta carotene. The only person who doesn't is Teddy Mellencamp, and that's because she's a dick. So yeah, there we go. Old. She's she's too boring. Justice for carrots. For carrots. Justice yeah, for carrots carrot rolls. identities. Carrots roll. They're so delicious. And also, I'm like any shape is a good shape. You yeah. just gotta work with what feels good to you. Yeah. And what feels right, you know. I'll see stuff and I'll be like, I wish, but I think it's beautiful. And I just like, no, on me just isn't going to, if I'm not going to walk down the street and be like, I'm the hottest bitch in this town right now, I don't want it, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think I found it was like the mixture of those aesthetics and then like what fits my body type and like the the level of tacky that I also love, like ugh, <gasps> love I mean, look at my tacky. nails right now. Like these no, are you're just na- guys. The nail work is exceptional. You're, I mean, this is like you're a woman. Yeah, like this is phenomenal. We've got some like real, like a gel. Is that what people call it? Like a yeah, gel it's mani a, moment. It's gorgeous. It's we got the nail art. We it's got some like nail a art. long almond shaped acrylic with gel, and it has um dark green red white and gold like a swirly stripe just for the just to describe it for the (laughs) listeners but yeah it's like I I have a very specific in mind that of what I like to wear and what it looks good and you know that's that's what it is that's what I came to this is the thing that I don't get about the youth these days like they had every (laughs) available decade at, as a resource, as a whatever, and yeah. they went with the 90s. And the early 2000s, even worse. I graduated <sighs> from high school in 2002, and I've never looked so disgusting. But that was, <laughs> was a part horrible. of our, that was a part of our experience. Like, oh, you were supposed so to look like shit. You, it was the way yeah. for us to kind of, like, mellow and understand that mm-hmm. we don't know a fucking thing. So we can look back at the way we dressed and understand, wow, now I understand that I'm an adult because I don't look like shit every day. Yeah, I I use multiple serums. I wear clothes <laughs> that fit my body. <laughs> I, you know, I pick, I wear stuff that actually fits, not stuff that I want to fit. Mm, well, I'm you not know? there yet. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. That's, I just, that's the eternal American struggle. Yeah, yeah. and we're, we're trying to decolonize. <laughs> This this body, this life, everything. We're not oh doing God. it. And so, yeah, like, I think it's that's been the big thing where even the, the like, you know, you go to a store and sometimes they're like, oh, but like five pounds and it'll fit great. <gasps> right. And I'll be like, bitch, you better back the fuck up because I do eat pasta if I want pasta. This is happening 
during the now times, like not the year of much. our Lord and Savior, 2022, the mm. year of Sutton Strath. <laughs> Maybe not as much anymore. I think people, because of the pandemic, people yeah. are like, get like, we've, we're all a little bit thicker. It's all Honestly, good. Honestly, and it goes you know up what? and down and it's just life. That's yeah. just, we're just coping the best way we know how. Just do you. But just feel, I think like I've, I've met a lot of people, like I help friends, like style friends all the time. Oh, I love that. Because it's just like when they want to, they want to feel like, great or they mm. need to look for an event or something and I'll go shopping with them because I think sometimes you need the friend that's like I need you to try this on mm-hmm. I have a feeling and I I feel like I have the vision for this sort of thing I'm literally wearing a t-shirt and like orange pants actually you look cares. phenomenal I'm you just like in cut and sneakers or whatever you know but like when there's like a thing I'm just like we're gonna do a look and this is what are you trying to channel and I like love doing that for friends and I think it's it's just like fun to like see in yourself and also in other people like when they feel the most beautiful or they feel so cool or so hot or so like like their exact energy is emitting through their fashion you just carry yourself differently you do you You just feel good you carry and that could be in sweats that could be in a ball gown that could be in a full leopard print cat suit (laughs) that was your niece's that you kept (laughs) and do not fit in but still you know zip up if you can which housewife do you think has the best fashion identity for them where it's like it might not be your mm-hmm. thing but mm-hmm. they fucking kill it is there anybody that comes to mind uh, there's a few um i you know what maybe this is a controversial opinion oh, i'm into this leah mcsweeney but like <gasps> like tell me like that like wow. the eu- euphoria mom energy <laughs> Like hardcore euphoria mom energy, but it works for her. She's got the body. She's got whatever, you know, yeah. but I think like the clothes she wears matches her personality. personality. Same as like, um, I mean, I'll give you a Lisa Rinna. Lisa Rinna, I think like does low and high, you know, like she'll, she'll wear like a, wow. like a tracksuit. She loves herself a tracksuit with like a bucket hat and it's like a sneaker. She does that. But then, cause you know what she does? Like, I'm like just a fly girl. I'm yeah, posting yeah, videos yeah. dancing with my husband as he, you know, it does Pomodoro or whatever it is. <laughs> and as he's like making his, you know, Bolognese. Hair, hair, Bolognese. Harry Hamill's Bolognese. Yeah. Like, um, obviously you got your Dorit's and like whatever, but I mm. think like there's a, like, there's an effort there that's like very clear, you know, um, same with Erica Jane, obviously, but I think there's people that are a little bit more, I think it matches in that case. Yeah, there's a few, there's a few others that I feel like I've seen, but those are the ones that I really come to mind. But Leah McSweeney, right? Does it not match her personality? I never thought about it. Didn't she have a dress or something that was like just bitch or something on it, or like? Yeah, she wore the one with something. Yeah, oh no, wait, bitch is on for her apparel. I think that's like a part of Married to the Mob. Is mm -hmm. like it says, but like there was something that said like sex in big letters or something like in green maybe. Yeah, and then she had that choker. That oh, also said God. sex on it. It was a mess. Yeah, not but great. it's her. But it's but it's, it's her. her. It's well, you her. know the outfits that are like the that's a glove, that's a shirt, and then it has like a million holes in it, or like the little Kim dress yeah. she wore, which I love. But it's like she's a very like a mix of like street style and yeah. like you know euphoria teen mom like and like it's a if the outfit is like has 15 holes in it she wants it if it's made of some sort of plasticky acrylic yes. or whatever fabric she Nightmare. loves it she wants it and like i think it just it works for her it, it works for her i think it's her it's her vibe may you know may 
may she reign. <laughs> may she reign long. May her and memory be a blessing. Yeah, may her memory be a blessing. All of those things. I, I, you know, do you. Wait, I am shaken, but I have to say that the Lisa Rinna of it all is interesting because they put up some like sneak preview of the upcoming season and she's in it's like a little moment of her with Erica Jane and she's wearing these fucking aviators that are like Tom Ford times a million they're they take up three quarters of her face and honestly I them literally need I die for sunglasses that are an absolute look if I'm in my like XXL Celine's then I'm Mm -hmm. truly sweats everywhere but this I'm like oh I look phenomenal yeah like I need those glasses a sick I need ass sunglass like sunglasses situation, amazing because you could be wearing sweats whatever and then with like a pair of like insane phenomenal. sunglasses worth it yeah my problem is I only have one prescription pair of sunglasses oh so and God. I hate wearing contacts I wear contacts here and there so I have an amazing sunglasses I have like some cool sunglasses but I can only wear them if I wear contacts and I hate wearing contacts. So I'm like, oh, they're there when I do wear a contact. You I'm going to hook you up with my place here on the Upper E. They take such good care of me. I had a bad sunglass experience where like the guy didn't do good work, but he had great pot. And I was like, OK, well, at least we've found ourselves a talent. So <laughs> <laughs> but he really fucked up these sunnies. And I went to this other place in the Upper E and I was like, this okay. is literally everything. Yeah, I hear you. The, okay, great. I would I would like that number because I, I just go to, to like Warby Parker, like grab whatever I find online or at Nordstrom Rack. I'll pick up glasses there, stuff like that. I've gotten some great deals at Nordstrom Rack. On yeah, Sundays. it's the rack, baby. They kill it. Mm-hmm. Listen, I guess we should talk a little bit about Housewives. I suppose. <laughs> I, oh, also, let me just real quick shout out in Please. terms of fashion, Marlo Hampton also. Well, because here's she's the in, thing. It's, it's so ridiculous. between Dorit to me, which I know everyone's like, Dorit style. And like, I get it. And I fully respect anyone who has Dorit as their fashionista icon. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, obviously, she puts in effort. But she does it in a way that makes me feel like she's wearing a costume. And it's not fully for her. Right. And that's exactly unfair it. of me to like make no, that judgment a little because it's like she's on a TV show, she's found her niche. It's like mm. the Dorit experience. But I don't feel like it's really her or she puts it at such a level that I'm like, this feels like too much for me. And you're truly not wearing the clothes. And I like understand that for her glam is the clothes are wearing her. But like there's a disconnect. It feels I don't want to say artificial because like a die for artificial it, but it, it does feel a little overproduced in a way Yeah. versus Marlo where you feel the affection for the clothing. Mm-hmm. It's not because I'm wearing all Louis Vuitton because it's all Louis Vuitton and like, you know, use your imagination to figure out how much that costs. Like with Marlo, even though she does the, you know, designer dropping and everything else. So we know what it is. There's something about, there's just, she has Something more fun it. with it. It just feels more affectionate. And it really just feel like an extension of herself. It doesn't feel yeah. like I'm putting on a costume today. She's just like, this is the thing that I wear. And this and like you you see it, especially now that she's on the cast yes. and how she's like dressing her, her nephews. I, I love her on the cast. We could oh get into God. it. Yeah, we know. But like we're doing, um, that now. we're doing that now. But I do think like fashion wise, like when you you see like obviously Dorit and is so loud <laughs> and so is Erica Jane so I'm, loud. I'm not against we're I love it. I have every Manolo and every bright color and dress like I love I love I love a, I love, a, I love a pop of color love a pop of color let me see it but I think she just does it in a way that's still loud still ridiculous but it's also like funny I don't know I just always remember Bolo where she's like oh the Chanel <laughs> the fake Chanel <laughs> like 
like it was so funny. She's like saw that fake Chanel and was like dying and had a comment on it. I was like, my queen. She's so funny. And the thing is, we're never going to know where it came from, how it's still coming. Mm. The fact that she bought a $1,200 suit for her nephew's respect. Keep that money secret. I don't. You know what? (laughs) It makes it more exciting. It makes it more mysterious. Do it. Do you think we'll ever know? Uh, I think it's maybe we'll get a better indication now that she's on the main cast. Like during the reunion. Yeah. And I think it'll and like people will start sleuthing and stuff because they're like now she's not like the friend of. But, you know, it's like the thing when they like you hit main cast and then people want to like dig into every aspect of your life. And um, but I think that's why she's she's actually going to be a really interesting person to watch because I don't know of any other person who's been a friend of for that long and then finally made it to main cast and housewives. And so I think we've already know a lot of information where her money comes from has always been a, a topic of discussion. Right. And then the talk of the billionaire she dated and all that. That's always been whatever. So it's like but I think like maybe more will come out. We'll see. We'll see. But if not, I also don't care. Like. But unless it's really good and juicy, because then I really want to (laughs) know. I just want to know, like, I don't need to know who it is, if it was Ted Turner or somebody else. I just want to know what the lump sum was. Like, obviously, Mm. because she has discussed this, like somebody paid for her house, somebody paid for her car, somebody paid for somebody else's car. I just want to, I mean, like, maybe I want to know who it is. But, like, I just want to know how, because she's talked about or intimated, like, good investments. And I just want to know, like, how where did we start and how far has it grown yeah I would love to know that and also yes I would like to know who it was uh I would love to know what he I I want a full financial plan essentially (laughs) because I need to know what to do with any money that I may have at some point in the future and it's like so so wild to once you hear of people like doing the thing like I always remember that thing that line in 30 Rock when Tina Fey's character is like, I need to do that thing where people take their money and make more money out of it. <laughs> and like that, and same girl, like same, I have no same. idea how people do it. I'm just Don't like, cool, know. I paid my bills and I put money in my savings And account. even then, honestly, that's, that's like the glory without, I don't actually want to. I don't want to have financial whatever that's called when you know what's going on. Like financial I f- advising or financial whatever. Like there's that woman that I you follow. You don't want financial stability? Well, no, <laughs> I love that. But like I don't really – I if I don't learn it but it just happens, all the better. Yeah. I would – I in my dream scenario uh, find a partner who's very good at it and then just does it for me. <laughs> I would love or, that. Or if I'm going to be hot and single forever and like where I travel to Paris all the time and just like have love affairs and stuff, mm-hmm. I would like to be able to afford a financial advisor who takes care of it for me. Like that's the dream. My dream is always if I don't have to do it, somebody else can do it for me. That's it's, the dream. It's truly how I live my life. And my thing is like I know I'm going to win the lottery. Like I know I'm <laughs> going to be that person that wins $100 million. But the problem is I'm too cheap to buy the ticket. But I'm like I almost like feel bad because I like I know I'm going to win it. But also I really am not going to spend like the $2 on a ticket. So somehow from – me not having won the lottery to absolutely this is just yeah. truly gonna ha- it's an inevitable you know yeah, you moment know in time I just need to figure out how to get there I think what you need to find is like the thing that's the actual bet you're gonna take not the lottery not the scratchers not the playing the numbers but there's gonna be like a blackjack thing. what are you no, talking about I'm there it's anything <laughs> it could be anything that you decide that you're gonna bet on oh like myself 
oh fuck god i'm so embarrassed i'm so gonna be but like you don't know yeah but sometimes it's like i mean look your podcast this is a thing that you bet on yourself and you're you've got like advertisers or something like you've got some like this that's a you bet on yourself on that i'm let me let me start pacing and giving you the like full (laughs) women's empowerment speech or whatever but yeah like i think there's things that like like uh that work out and sh- like i don't know i'm I'm very woo woo about the universe looking out and you just like having to follow your instincts and stuff but um but i think like maybe it's not the lottery but it's maybe something else and i'm also like pulling that energy and throwing it onto you i love that because i also am one of those people <laughs> thank you for that i can feel it yeah and i love it i love to th- i love i have the touch i am also <laughs> one of those people where they're like you know what uh, money is not just gonna come to you while you're laying in bed i'm like well i would like to prove the universe wrong i'm just gonna continue to lie in bed and wait for it to come to me yeah that's really a, i think it's a really important and smart strategy i mean to it worked not for, work hard <laughs> it worked for Paige disorbo <laughs> so <laughs> It really, it worked for Paige less for Hannah, but also Hannah's having a thriving comedy career. Is she? I think so. (laughs) I didn't like... No, her talk about a podcast. Her podcast is like a, a serious success, an extreme serious success. No, I I have no idea. Sorry. I just, I, I just have no idea about her life. I'm not, I'm like, I'm... I think I used to really like her. I remember when I first, when she was first on and I'd watch her on Summer House and I was like, what a fun person. And like, I love what I, as the person in my friend group that loves to like hit on a server or like see a friend, like I'll see somebody and I'll just be like, say the disgusting thing to my friends, like in private. I don't like to like, like, I mean, I like a mild objectification situation, but like, you know, the fun flirt, what I I love to be the fun, fun I love love to be the fun flirt with somebody. And um, so I was really like love that about her. But then obviously that last season was, you know what? Horrific. I, f- I bad. feel for her because it's one thing to be let go from the show, but it's another thing for that to happen after such a sea change has taken place with the audience and to see how Summer House is doing now where it's like every season it feels like it gets more and more important to the Bravo community and more yeah, people talk about I it. I love Summer and House. And to not be a part of that, but you're working on a pod with your like good friend who's yeah. now kind of like really thriving like Paige is like doing extremely well that's gotta be difficult it yeah. really does it's gonna sting a little totally. but it's also like she kind of you know you kinda, she kind of did it to herself you know she kind of did it to herself I think we all know as reality tv watchers what's like the tacit rules of the game are mm. or like you kind of understand like how to play the villain role in a way that's still fun like mm. there's like certain things you got to do right and i think she just kind of like took it a little too far in terms of like everything is gaslight she she really i understand that she's like mental health is like important to her she cares about it but I, sometimes the way she talks about it i'd always be like this feels icky i feel like you're just throwing out terms and um mm. to fit your convenience or to fit the narrative you have chosen to make in your head and so i don't know but i i but I also like, I don't know, I, I you know, again, may, may her memory be a blessing. I, I have nothing but good energy for her, good, good on you, live your life. Uh, as somebody that somewhat works in comedy, I guess, I don't know, like I kind of work in comedy. Um, yeah, uh, I, I hope it works out for her. I, <laughs> I mean, you're like killing it in comedy tv writing Stop, then you got you, you, you guys need to follow Alex on the show because oh, it's very boy. impressive 
But I have to say with Hannah, you know, she came on AG. She was here back when the apartment was still shitty and was a complete, really funny, you know very what? I interesting buy it. person. Because here's the thing. She's, I a, think- she's a real, she's a real gal is what I would say. She's a genuine, she seems like a genuine. And I just think maybe it was too much for her. I think TV, like I feel like being on TV will turn most people into monsters. Yes. Um, I have, I, I used to in my many, many years ago in my hometown did like a, a TV series. It was like a little, like a magazine show where it was pop culture and music. And oh. I would like do the like news bits and all that stuff. And I was like the person on camera. And I was like, would watch, I couldn't actually watch the episodes because I watched the episodes and I'd just be so horrified, horrified by like, so self-conscious, so like about everything. And even though I was like, this is fun. If I, if it was anybody else, I'd probably be like, how fun. She's having fun. Great. Because I just wanted to have fun. But I knew if I watched it, if I actually watched myself, I would just immediately get five million dollars in plastic surgery debt. Like, or like, Mm. you know, I think it, it triggered things for me in terms of like, body issues or things that I've like worked on mm-hmm. over the years since I was you know a teenager and stuff and so I just it, it was honestly in doing that where I was like maybe I should be behind the camera <laughs> just not even because I don't think I'm good on camera or I don't think I um could do a good job or anything like that but I think like the effect it has on me as a person uh I I don't want that for myself I want to be healthy and like love myself and all that thing and it kind of made me think like oh I hate my I hate my face I hate my body blah blah well look at what the women who sign up for housewives deal with oh the season two glow up the season two glow well there's a season two glow up which is all fine and good and like a great success but then there's also the people are going to post on your image and say you look too skinny you look too fat i really hated you in this dress um you know big fan but um you looked really ugly here and yada yada yada. where it's not even your personality which is also cutting and in many ways harder long-term to digest but also the short-term horror of like all of these people I have signed up to do this show but how do you in any way you know maintain boundaries when people feel the need to infringe upon them because they assume that's the price of admission yeah people really do like they really step over the line in such an ugly and gross way. I mean, just in my life as a writer, um, like prior to doing TV stuff, I Mm. was a journalist, obviously. You Mm -hmm. know this. I worked at Vice for many years. And somebody would read uh, an article I wrote and they didn't like it for whatever reason. And immediately it was like, you fat, ugly bitch. Or you're like, I hope you like... I mean, it, it got it ran the gamut, and it was like sometimes I was like, "That's pretty funny." Like sometimes the burns, I'd be like, "You know what? That's actually pretty funny." But then there was like one time, because I, I also I always ignore it. I just don't care. Like I, mm-hmm. it's just like not worth my energy. But there were just sometimes where like somebody would be like, "You ugly bitch," and I was like. Ugh. Now I know you're lying. <laughs> now I know you're reaching. You can say all kinds of stuff about me. Stupid, yes. Idiot, definitely. <laughs> Ugly, Never. I know you're not fucking. Now I know you're reaching. Bitch. But isn't that the thing with like <laughs> developing? First off, that's remarkable. It's but- just funny to. It's just like better to. I'm like, listen, have fun. I, I I try to have. I try to take things the positive or whatever I I try to just have fun with things I try to not be too serious about everything otherwise (laughs) I'm gonna literally 
uh, just live inside the floorboards of my <laughs> tiny well, apartment. <laughs> well, I feel like that's an important lesson for a lot of people to learn when it comes to, again, like boundaries and survival at a certain point. Like, how do you survive the online audience? And for housewives, I feel like it's got to be different in the sense that a part of being a good housewife ostensibly is to be vulnerable on camera. Yeah. Except that very vulnerability is often what people use first when they're trying to piss you off. And it's Mm -hmm. like, so maybe the thing of me saying I hate your shoes isn't going to be the thing that I go for. I'm going to say that your husband doesn't love you. Like, how do you how do you get through that when your entire season arc is my husband had an affair? Like, it's got to be difficult. And is that at a certain point, like, is that the cost? Like, do you, re- yeah. regardless of whether or not you know it's maybe coming, that's not the same thing as having yeah. to actively deal with it every moment of the day. Yeah, the, the thick skin you have to have. And here's the thing. As I said, I am a Mexican woman. I have pretty, th- I, I like, literally, there's no one in the world meaner than my mom. <laughs> like, no one in the world. Like, whatever... Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. Te quiero mucho, mami. But, like, literally, um, nothing that Erica Jane or Dorit or, like, Elisa, nothing they could say could top my mom. Like, the shit that she has said to me. Or my sister. I have one sister is, like, oh, my God, the way she could drag me to hell is, like, incredible. So we are a family. Like, we kind of tend to be a little ruthless. But it's always in fun. But it's also sometimes not fun. It's it's a very complicated, a very cultural thing. It's some things about it are like fun and funny. Some things about it, I'm like, this is a cycle that will be broken with my children. I mean, welcome to like the Jewish mother daughter. It's not funny. You, it's terrible. It's awful. The it's handshake not good. emoji thing with like Jewish people and yes. like Latinx people. Like, let me tell you, it's real. Like, I think when there's a lot of cultural similarities, for yeah, sure. My mom is out for, I mean, my, as my psychiatrist often says, like, she knows how to push your buttons because she created them. Yeah, she made those, she molded and she those buttons. she fucking knows. Uh, and it is, yeah. it's like a generational thing of like, I know when she says this terrible thing to me, that's probably because her mom said it to her, but also like, you know, it's bad. So maybe have fun doing something else. Yeah. I mean, we've had like our moments of argument where, like going back to like that sh- that little show that I did, she if she happened to catch it, if she was flipping the channels, mm. she happened to catch it, she would call me just to be like, "You can't wear better lipstick." Oh my god! <laughs> and I'd be like, "Yes, I don't, I don't know, like I probably could," but also it didn't help that there was like all boys there, mm-hmm. so then like nobody was like looking out. Men are useless. I'm like, literally, can you tell me to fix my hair? Can you tell me to like mm-hmm. throw on a darker shade? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me that my shirt is fully see-through and so all my giant areolas are showing on like my <laughs> local Fox 6 affiliate, like Fox affiliate or whatever. Fully, my areolas were on television at one point. And I was God. like, these are, again, carrot shaped. These are big areolas. <laughs> these areolas didn't come to play. They're, here, they're taking space. This is a very special Andy's girl. Yeah. It's, Let's it's, talk about bodies. It's sponsored by Big Carrot. The Big, big Carrot. <laughs> You've heard of Big Oil. This is literally the carrot big industry. Carrot. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Atlanta, which is 
you know, an interesting dynamic, even when you think of the mother-daughter, the, this spectrum of experiences. Mm-hmm. We heard this week about Marlo and being in and out of foster care, which she said something along yes. the lines of it being a safe space. We have Kenya, who talk about breaking cycles, has mm-hmm. been incredibly honest and vulnerable about her um essentially non-existent relationship with her mother. And then we have, you know, Candy and Mama Joyce, who we haven't seen, I don't think, yet this season. We're only two episodes in, but have had a very uh, intense relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Has there been a moment or a kind of dynamic that sticks out for you? Um, I honestly, seeing Marlo on and like now getting to like know her life has been so amazing and powerful and beautiful she's still messy marlo she still is ridiculous and whatever and that's what i that's what we want but i love to have gained this depth Mm -hmm. into like the levels of her empathy and like the the her life and like where she came from and like what she like i don't know when you understand the the context of people's life it it like it really gives you a a better understanding of the way they are obviously or Mm -hmm. why they are the way they are and i honestly seeing her as a munty has been like absolutely beautiful as i'm i'm the youngest of my siblings but i'm also the only childless one and I'm in my wow. elder, I'm a, and I'm in my, I'm 37, I'll be 38 next month. And so, like, I grew up with, like, my nieces being, like, my... It's one of your nieces. Is that's my... She's, <laughs> she, she wanted to say hi. She wanted to say Just hi. Just stop talking about me on the fucking <laughs> podcast. Um, they don't sound like that. They're, they're beautiful. But, like, I grew up in a very, like, mother-sister-auntie role with my eldest nieces who are in their mid... Like, one is 26 or 25, and the other one's 27. So, like, they're, like... We grew up very close, but, like, in a very, like in between like not your not your sister not your Mm -hmm. aunt not your mom like a very like in between between space of a relationship and like them coming to me for like advice on stuff or me helping them with through things and even just like also like with one of my nieces like we go and we've gotten drinks oh my god one time she like keyed somebody's car in front of me and I was like dying and I was like here I am like running like oh my god oh my god like I can't look because she's insane and I love her (gasps) she's so insane and that uh yeah like yeah i think um seeing that with marla has been really impactful mama joyce is just a mess like i've always was like this woman like it's so funny like seeing last yesterday if that was mother's day yes everyone posting the like that's my mama like well, that's my mom i'm gonna do anything like the candy thing of like oh that's my mom whatever she wants i'll always take care of her like i my mom is is a lot mm. and my mom has always been a lot but, like, I have that same thing where I'm just, like, I literally want to be successful just so I could buy her a house. Like, I, I literally just, like, want to make all her dreams come true if I, mm. I, whatever I want. Because, like, no matter what she does, and it's, a lot of it is not okay and it's not forgiven and it's not acceptable. <laughs> but, like, that's my mom. Like, and there's no one in the world I know that wouldn't do, turn everything upside down for me. She um, is nicer to my ex-boyfriends and um, my, she's oh. nicer to my partners my mom has always been that actually one time you want to hear like the most devastating Amelia story my mom one time I was dating this guy I was like in my 20s I was dating this guy she met him we met for lunch and she met him and I was like so what'd you think and she said he's just like inconsequential to me <gasps> wow. he's she said he's like nothing there's nothing about him. He's inconsequential. And I was like, what? That's the worst thing you could ever say about someone. Fucking devastating. 
Devin, I did not tell him because I was like, that's me. No, you can't tell somebody. I can't. That. But she was really like, but you're gonna break up with he's them. Just, yeah, they would, yeah. But she was really just like, he's just there, like, and so and because she, I guess she loves a little more razzle dazzle, <laughs> whatever. But I was just like, such a devastating thing to say, and that's her. Like she'll say something like that and not even flinch. That's what I dealt with growing up. I'm giving absolute eyes because I really actually think like to say like they don't really matter. Yeah. She's They're not like, even really here. That's the word that's like, the worst thing you could say to somebody. I mean about I would, someone. If someone looked at me and said you're inconsequential, I would like cry. I I don't may or swing a fist or I don't know. I would just be like so like taken aback by that because that is like that's like I mean such a it's so mean it's so mean and it's also like nobody so nobody smart, it's, it's real real, it's oh, real, real she, smart. let me tell you if there's real, one real person smart. built for reality tv if only <laughs> if only my mom like hit the age criteria and the yeah she i don't think they take seven year olds who are chicos i think that they do i think that if they the should daughter, I, mean. <laughs> I think they should <laughs> Wow. I mean, yeah. it is a wild thing to kind of bear witness to so many different mother, daughter, and just also parent child dynamics that yeah. we've seen play out. The mama Joyce of it all, you know, watch what happens posted that iconic clip of candy. It's my mama and I'll do whatever, um. which is all fine and good. Like it's great that she is, you know, that kind of daughter fighting for her mom. But it is also one of those things of like, but can we acknowledge that yeah. your mother has, I mean, but you need to talk to your say, mom you saying need- I'm going to wear black to your wedding because <sighs> I'm essentially in mourning and I want to make that clear. Like this, the She's- dynamic, it's tough, regardless of why it's happening. It's, it's real yeah. tough. She is not a, She's not a great lady. <laughs> I am trying to be respectful, question mark, but she is not a great lady. Like I cannot imagine, like I, my mom at the end of the day is like, would never like that is next level mm-hmm. my mom will always still applaud she'll support she'll love but you know she might tell me to put on better lipstick whatever but like that like that yeah mama joyce whenever i'd watch that and when i watched candy's like the wedding special oh, that so good i was just like this woman is like nuts this is too much this is too much and yet it is seemingly reality like the the family dynamics that were of i think most importance this week on Jersey and Atlanta, Drew and Ralph, number one, Ooh. and then Tree, Joe, and Melissa, number two. Oh Not putting God. that in a ranked order, because if I was, it would be in the reverse. But um, it's going to show you, like, some of this can be challenged by reality TV. Some of this is maybe... Not necessarily being performed, but at a different Mm -hmm. level, especially with the Gorgas, because we've been following this for so long. But a lot of this is is genuinely very real. It feels to me very real, which makes it sadder. I wish it wasn't. Well, because at the end of the day, the familial bonds are real. They are actual family. Regardless of what happens to this show, regardless of what happens, they're still family. So um, that's the thing. Like there's there's, of course, performative things or things that are exacerbated by cameras like there's uh, whatever other thing. But like at the end, like they're they're still having Christmas together and Thanksgiving. They're still a family. So they like I always wonder what it's like for them when nothing else is around. How do they behave when Mm. there's none of this around? Um, because it's, 
I, I don't know. I'm just like fascinated by that. Well, it's, it's particular. I'm talking. It's particularly the Teresa. Yeah. Same. Um, yeah, especially because like obviously she has this very inflated sense of self and no self awareness and all that. But like also like my girl Missy is also kind. I mean, she's also kind of like you know. I'm like I don't know. I I I, I struggle. She kind of reminds me sometimes of like like one of my sisters or other family where they like want to be like very perfect like there she's mm. like oh i'm like i'm so cute and i like this and i'm like a fun girl and this and that and like i mean her like and i mean she she's kind of modeling herself out to be in you know cute sexy whatever but still a certain way mm. and i mean we also this is the more more recent years because obviously we she had that horrible pop pop music career that she tried to have <laughs> and all that you know so like there's been like versions of it She's really trying to J-Lo her life, I want to say. I think she has. Well, her face certainly has. She, I mean, she looks She looks like phenomenal. Jennifer Lopez. She looks great. I mean, what a face to model yours after. Right. But, like, she's, yeah, I think, like, I was, because I subscribed to Brian Moylan's uh, newsletter. Oh, and the best. Shout out the Real Housewives Institute God. over at Vulture, New so York So funny. Mag. So funny. I read it religiously. And, but he like made a joke about like how she must look at her at Antonia and like see her former face, <laughs> and I was like losing my mind. I like died about it. I died, but um, yeah, those relationships are God. Okay, Drew and Ralph. Mm. I feel like I really do feel like the producers are trying to help her. They're really trying. You to, think so? They handed her like they said, look up gaslight. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah help her leave maybe oh yeah help her like literally just like what you know that he's awful i remember when he first stepped on the screen i was just like "Ooh, hello ralph like we may have a contender for like new hot house husband and then he just talked for five minutes and right. i was like worst person in the world worst person in the world like immediately this like you need to learn, like this or like now the the most recent episode when he's like you need to learn how to talk to a man i was like what a nightmare person I mean, I don't know what the relationship is like off camera, but if this is any indication of like some of the recurring themes or arguments in the relationship, brutal. There's no way. There is no way. It does feel like at one point someone used the word self-care in front of him and he was like, well, that's the only care I have. Like I it's there's something to be said for a lack of decency and understanding his wife's perspective and also their communication style it's not even that it's non-existent or inconsequential it's like it's just so bad and I don't know big fan of therapy highly recommend it do it eight times a day but like I just don't know at a certain point that will give you skills in which to communicate but like what are we fighting for here if you're just very different people with Mm -hmm. different value sets even in how you see your relationship roles Therapy is going to help you communicate, but maybe the thing that you should be communicating is like, this no longer works for me. Yeah. And I mean, there's just such a fundamental lack of respect that I see. Like, I don't know that one argument when they have that dinner and the the things he was saying, it was very nasty. And also he, he gives me strong, like, like he got red pilled by like a bunch of blogs mm. where it's like you're the man like yeah. extra like very toxic, toxic masculinity. i know i think somebody saw like somebody i saw tweet like uh like oh he has very like listens to listen to kevin samuels like energy like that oh. guy or like he um like he read steve harvey's dating book and it was like that's right 
That's right. That's what that's the way it should be. Like, you know, like, you know, those things that are very like antiquated, like, oh, you need to respect the man. And like there's like there's like the elements of like, you know, when you hear like Charlemagne the God, like Mm. in interviews and like when he talks about like mental health and stuff like that. Absolutely. Great. But then he'll also then he'll like and he'll say these awful things and fight always fights black women, always like doing. So then you're just like. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are we doing here? And I, I feel like that's the energy I get from Ralph. Mm-hmm. Like the person that like listened to like these really shitty podcasts or has like or whatever where they were just like, you know, the man, it's got the man's gotta be respected. We gotta do this as the as black men and this and that, which is like wonderful and necessary. But then when it, it means that you're fully disregarding your partner, you're hurting a black woman, you're hurting other women. Whatever, it, like, it's just, like, it gets into territory that I'm, like, no. I, I'm sorry, but there's no way. Like, I just sat there and I felt for Drew. I really felt for her because, like, that's, you want your husband to love you and to want to talk about things. That's the thing is that I think he he looks at conversation as not competition, but he looks like at com- it. Conflict? Yeah, he looks at conversation as conflict, mm-hmm. and I think he is genuinely thinking, if you love me enough or wanted to be appreciative for this moment, we wouldn't have a real conversation. And it mm-hmm. feels like Drew's response is like, if you loved me enough and wanted to have a real moment wrapped in this like very expensive dinner, you would allow that to happen. And he doesn't seem no willing to make that adjustment. Yeah. There's also like those to me are like tire patches, right? A big elaborate dinner Mm. and he's like I you know want to celebrate my queen or whatever like that's great we love it we love a a a nice a beautiful gesture we love it but also like there's real things here I would be like hey cancel the fucking dinner we need to sit down and we need to really talk this out and I want to be heard I want to listen to you I want to be heard though and I don't want it to be a fight Uh, you should be able to talk to your partner if you can't talk to your partner and you're that ripe old age (laughs) or you know I'm sorry like I, I have friends that when they're dating and they're just like well how do I like I don't know about bringing up like kids or this and that. I'm like this man is 39 years old if he's weirded out by you bringing up a kid he's not the one girl Walk away. Right. Right. Walk run. away. Anybody who has, walk away. Like if that's weirding out for you, like you are, you're an old ass, you're an old ass person. Like you're a mature, you know, quote unquote. We, we say you're that with affection. Yeah. Like that we're all, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally came here from getting an x-ray on my back. <laughs> so <laughs> I literally came straight here from the Union Square radiology department. So I'm not throwing, I'm not throwing <laughs> We're not. This isn't, this isn't the ageist, even though we all know I'm spiritually mid twenties plus. Yeah. <laughs> you know the the tire patch is that what it's called? I don't. know. I just I said that right City. now because I just. I, that's yeah. it's a really smart way to look at this because it is one of those things. If he's thinking this is a great moment that shows you how much I care for you, you should just take that and enjoy mm-hmm. it. And if you care about me, we're not going to discuss anything else. But like. How do you meet in the middle when someone is trying to have a real conversation and the other one absolutely is not? Yeah. And maybe it's just like not the time to have that dinner. Like I, again, like, ah, to have the dinner versus the conversation. Yeah. That's a really interesting point. Yeah. Because it's like, Hey, hmm. we, the, again, it's like, sure. You could, you could patch a tire and the car or the bike will keep running, but it eventually is going to, it's going to fall again or it's going to break down, whatever. Right. And like you, I understand, like, I just want to have this night and we don't, 
we don't talk about these things. But if those things are lingering, you're not going to have fun. I mean, how many of us have not sat through a dinner with a partner or former partner or whatever? And you're just like you the thing. There's that big elephant in the room and you know you want to talk about it, but you don't want to ruin the dinner. You don't want to ruin the night out. You don't want to ruin this. But then you're, you're just like it's there and it weighs on you like the way I feel after I just get the thing out Mm. and then I'm like like now we can go and do a fun thing they need like they didn't need to be doing all this they needed to like sit down and have a real conversation so that when a nice dinner a nice thing happens like it's actually it's not weighed down by this like thing because it almost feels like it almost reads like I, I hate to like be this person, but like it reads a little manipulative when you know that there's like a thing happening. Why do you hate to be that person? It's absolutely manipulative. Yeah. I You know, because I hate to be like everything is abuse, everything like, you know, like every, well, I think you know. there's a difference between manipulation and abuse. Right. Right. But, you know, like I, I think I, manipul- I think it's I think what he did was absolutely manipulative. He was like, OK, then I feel better saying that. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> it was event gaslighting of like, listen, yeah. this is I'm going to show you how much I love you. And a part of love is you just taking the gift and that's it and then we move on yeah and it's like you you do not get a chance you don't get a a voice here you just you have to be grateful and I'm doing this for you and you're this and that and I want to show you how much I love you but why is like spend all the money you want but the way she needs to be shown love is by communicating with her and by listening to her and by actually like having like a proactive like way of that they're going to address the issues that they have a hundred percent and I feel like there was one moment not to defend Ralph because that is a position I never want to find myself in yeah but there was one controversial moment, I mean <laughs> but there was one moment where I was like oof I actually see a little bit of what the problem is here that could save us all a little bit of time when he says to her essentially something along the lines of like you want me to stop seeing this person and she says no that's not what I want I just want x y and z just say you want to stop seeing him that just say it you're giving him a little even though I know it's not mixed signals it could be mixed signals and you know how guys like it's cool girl syndrome everyone wants to be the cool girl but you don't have to. You're you this is you your husband, yeah. and I keep thinking of one of the most iconic, painful, healing stakes couldn't be higher moments in Bravo history. Talking about marriages was Simone and Cecil, season whatever of Married to Medicine. OG. Mm-hmm. I want to say five, but I'm pulling that out of my ass, guys. I'm so bad. At, I'm bad at math. Like I don't remember. So you can Google it. You can YouTube it, or better yet, watch the entire series from start to now. And it was a moment of. Simone and Cecil in a shock I guess spoiler alert except this isn't a spoiler like you have heard about it Mm -hmm. so guys skip ahead to whatever point or not um there they show up to the reunion these two people who are looked at as like the leaders of marriage the rest of the cast shock announcement that they're breaking up she's gonna file for divorce or whatever's happening and over the course of a three-part reunion the rest everyone else in the cast rallies and gets them to say take a step we're gonna put this on pause we're gonna try to make it work and they have been doing that ever since these two wonderful people but a huge point of contention Mm. was that Cecil had a very emotionally intimate relationship with a woman friend and Simone and the rest of the cast was essentially like in order to not get divorced, you cannot have a relationship with this woman any longer. You might think that's unfair to you, but what is most important is your wife is saying that relationship 
does not work for me and it it harms ours and you have to make that choice and I Mm. think Drew would be doing herself a continued disservice if she pretends that this really or not pretending but if she says it's not that I'm saying you should say he shouldn't have a relationship with this woman because by the way if she was working as his assistant or whatever and they're no longer working but they're still talking that's so much worse to me than Mm -hmm. if she was work. Because now she's no longer getting paid to be friendly with this guy. And I don't know this woman from Adam. So let's like, I don't have, but the relationship, your wife is saying the relationship is inappropriate. So guess what? It's inappropriate. End it. You shouldn't have to wait for her to say it, but knowing guys and how they are, she needs to explicitly communicate. This makes me uncomfortable. You need to choose me. And if you're saying, if that is a discussion or debate, like game over at a certain point, game over. Yeah. I I think one of the things I've really learned over the years in my, (laughs) and I have a littered with ex-boyfriends, a history littered with ex-boyfriends. We were talking about the graveyard of my life before this got started. So don't you worry. Ex-boyfriends. I mean, let's see. Were you you married? Yeah, I got married when I was really young and I was divorced, I think, by like one, like not technically because I had, I was too broke to pay for it, but I think I was like uh, 25 when I I basically divorced or married divorced. I got married very young. Wow. How old were you got married? Oh. 21, 22, (gasps) 22. Fuck me. That's what happens when you go study abroad. (laughs) I don't think I've never told you this. Everybody. When your teenage daughters go study abroad, <laughs> they might come back with a ring. With a yeah, they might come back married wow. to yeah, oh my and God. A, a very attractive European person. Holy shit! Sorry, who's I cut also you off. a shit show. But you know, I love that. I cut you off though. What were you saying? Uh yeah, there, a lot of history here is basically what I'm saying. Love that. But like, I think the thing I realized is like it, it does everybody a disservice if you're not clear and direct about expectations and needs and wants, and so. Um, I am somebody that has many male friends Mm. and I spend time with my male friends. My friendships are very important to me, whether they're with my girlfriends or I'm not, I'm like, I have my girlfriends that are like my family, like my sisters, like very close friends. And also my male friends are the same. And um, we'll be talking about that after recording. Yeah. And also (laughs) like, you know, and also like my gender non-conforming friends. Like Mm -hmm. I just, all of my friends are very close to me. I'm very close to them and I invest in my friendships. I spend time. I'm going to spend time with my friends regardless of the gender. But like, I understand like for a partner, it's like maybe awkward if it's like me, me with like a male friend Mm -hmm. because that's, I date men or whatever, you know? And so, but I've always had to make it clear from the jump in every relationship, like that's what it is. That's not changing. I'm not going to not have my guy friends that have been my guy friends forever or even if they're a new guy friend, whatever it is. But that's I'm a person that has friends. I'm a person that loves my friendships. And so that's the expectation in my relationship. And what? Well, not I don't have a relationship, (laughs) but like but that's always like I lay that out clearly. Mm -hmm. But this is to me like this isn't. Ralph is, has a girl has a friend that's a girl. This is like an assistant who was doing flirty things, and then that Instagram post is like, it sounds really shady. That sounded incredibly very charged. Oh yeah, that very was like oh, what a subtweet or whatever. I'm you know? not fucking your husband, but I could. Yeah, is essentially, essentially the TLDR on that IG post. Yeah, literally. And so, um, I think it's like it's that thing. Like if she she needs to not be like wanting to be the cool like the cool girl thing is that that you know like if well if you want to that's cool or like I don't know I'm not telling you to not do that but you know maybe just don't do it so much 
girl, just say don't do it. Like, like just if it's going to make you uncomfortable, just say it. And like, you'll feel better. Like, because at the end, I think we worry about seeming unreasonable or mm. difficult. It's a very gendered issue, right? No, mm-hmm. if God forbid a woman seems like difficult or naggy mm-hmm. or whatever, like, oh, you're like trying to like keep me chained up and like trying to commit to yourself and blah, 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 you know, it's ridiculous. But it's also like, I get that, you know, you want to seem easygoing. Uh, fuck being easygoing. Just do be just be yourself. Just be like, what what are your needs? What is it that you want? Like and and whatever. This is why going back to Summer House, this is why I'm like, I applaud Lindsay in a lot of ways mm. because she's she's like, this is who I am. I'm I recognize it. I know it, it brings me problems. And there's certainly things that are about it, about her personality that I'm like, mm, not great. But she's very like. This is what I am. I dive in and the right person is going to get it. And th- and if I have to go through 50 wrong dudes, mm-hmm. that's fine. But I'm going to end up with the right person. And like she was just like she made it very clear. As Sometimes I would watch the TV and I'd be like, Lindsay, please. like it, I would like watch and in Spanish we call it pena ajena. It's like, you know, embarrassment for somebody else mm. where you're like. Um, like, oh, like you hear her like yelling at a dude for like not coming to the house. And I'm just like, this is too much that is too much you are doing too much but then part of it is also like she's saying what she wants she's saying what she wants and if and if you know that's that's what it was she said it at least she fucking said it and so you kind of have to you you kind of have to give the props there I mean there's obviously a more measured way of doing things but yeah and with Ralph and Drew I think there's a little bit of Mm tiptoeing and then he's also very like you see how he does like word games? Mm-hmm. Well, I, well, you didn't say that. Well, I'd, I've I've had partners that do that. Well, like, well, technically, you didn't ma- specify this, and I was like, because I didn't say like, it, it drives you crazy, and th- then you're just like, I just nip that in the bud. I'm like, we're not having that argument. This is what it is, and these are the expectations. You can't live to the expectations. We have nothing to discuss. Well, you know? I feel like it's a difference between intention and definition. Like, yeah. he's very focused on this is the definition, and you're using the wrong word, and she's focused on okay, but. Why doesn't it matter how I, that I feel this way? Like mm-hmm. regardless of the word choice and whatever the word, I forget what the word, what was it? What was the word? I want to, I forget what the word was that they were arguing over. Maniac. Like oh, regardless yeah. of like the <laughs> definition, which, you know, I think it included like homicidal tendencies. Yeah. So like, but she's also like dropped like, it as like, she dropped it as a dig too, because he was giving her shit. She's like, well, you're, you're a therapist called you. The therapist called you a maniac. Mm. So they're kind of like doing the passive aggressive thing. And then, so he got pissed about that. And she had like, they're both, they're both just kind of throwing the, throwing digs instead of just talking. She's trying to talk. But then when he's just like, you need to learn how to talk to a man. And she's like, well, tough. you're a maniac. <laughs> like, the you need to learn how to talk to a man, which is very different from like, you need to learn how to better communicate with me as a couple. Like the fact that he made that as formal and general as possible could be no greater example in that conversation from how gendered the relationship is and like when you look at how a woman is viewed and criticized for being potentially possessive and how a man is often rewarded and like hyped for it Mm -hmm. and you look at their dynamic yeah I don't know it's I don't you know it's very easy for me as an outsider to be like why are we fighting for this you know like they're in a marriage they're committed they have kids together one of them at least wants to make it work. I'm just not seeing from Ralph that he's like, I don't even know from an interest versus capacity perspective. Like, are we both fighting for this? I know he just put together this big, fancy, expensive dinner, but like, 
that is, as you said, I mean, it's the tire, yeah. yada, yada. Like, it's just yeah, the foundation. Care. You have to work through this other stuff. Mm-hmm. You just, A lot of, and I think it's a thing that is not something solely owned by guys, but it is from a gendered perspective, mm-hmm. seems to often be the reaction of like, let me do this nice thing, which is all fine and good, but, you know, get to a point, as you said, where you can enjoy it and also regardless of that be open to this person feeling vulnerable enough or maybe safe enough because she's seeing the care that you put into this to have uncomfortable conversations because you're going to continue you're married you're going to have uncomfortable conversations I would think for the entirety of your marriage isn't that the point of being married says the unmarried one like I don't know I would think that would be the point of like entering into the business relationship of being in eternal love is that at a certain point we're supposed to be talking about the difficult stuff. Yeah. You should, I mean, base level, you should be able to talk to your husband or wife or partner. You should be able to have a communication that's honest and that is still respectful and that doesn't turn into a nasty thing. Like sometimes fights, you know, people might throw a dig or whatever and when, when tensions are high, but you still got to be able to t- walk back on that and be like, I'm sorry, that didn't need to be said. But this is like, this is what we need to discuss. Like you, you just have to, you, you have to be able to talk to your partner. And then, and then this, their situation is just like, like she's not asking for anything like that. It was an inappropriate, it was an inappropriate text, you know, and it was an inappropriate, and it's inappropriate for him after she said, you need to like fire her and you need to not work with her. That he is then like, well, you didn't say I can't talk to her. Like, what games are we playing here? I'm not playing games with anybody, let alone my husband and father of my child or whatever, you know? And P.S., not only is he talking to her, but he's telling her what his upset wife is saying. So, like, Clearly. the fragility here of or the level of manipulation or maybe enjoyment, you should not be telling this person who until an hour ago was your assistant And maybe he used that as an excuse of why they needed to cut ties professionally. But like, you should not be telling this person that your wife is upset unless that is a part of the, and this is why we can never speak again. You shouldn't have a friendly relationship and be sharing your wife's vulnerabilities with someone who isn't safe in the eyes of your wife. And listen, here's the thing. Again, like I said, I have friends of like the, that of the gender that I date. Right. And, um, if, if it was a problem, if my partner came to me and was like, I don't like that you hang out with this person, mm. I would be like, I would be like, let's sit down because I don't, is it about this person or is it about something else? Like, right. what is That's it? That's a great point. Because you do know that this is something, like, I have my friendships mm-hmm. um, and they're important to me and they're never not going to be important to me. So is it that you feel like me and this person specifically that you're, are you are you catching a vibe here that maybe it's more or that there maybe is a crush happening or maybe whatever or is it that it just makes you uncomfortable because you feel vulnerable in our relationship mm-hmm. in my affections towards you if that's it let's have that conversation if it's the other thing let's have that conversation but like let's let's get to the root of it let's actually discuss and like un- unfortunately and this is not a thing that I tell my partners I love a crush I always have crushes it's just what I do I don't act on them but it's just fun it makes going to work better <laughs> I like to have like a co-worker that I'm like talk to and I'm just friends with and it's never a thing but where I just like there might be a little twinkle in my eye I don't know I might just be a little bit like extra cute I might dress a little extra cute just because it's like fun well who doesn't this love attention 
it, who does and it's okay to admit that right we it's all love okay. a little we, we all, all love, love a little, little flirt a little something. nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with but if it crosses a line and it yeah. starts to affect your actual romantic yeah. relationship then you gotta kind of look at it exactly and it's like is it because there's actually something here or is it because i'm not happy in my relationship like i've i mean <laughs> I've been unhappy in a relationship where I ended up cheating on that partner, like that partner, not even with somebody. It was just like some dude at a bar that I was like, Mm -hmm. fine, because I was just so miserable. And then literally the next day I broke up with my partner because I was like, I don't need to be doing shit like this. Like, that's really fucked up. And they don't deserve that. And um, this was many years ago, you know, and I also like learned the thing of just like just talk it out if instead of prolonging the breakup because you don't want to make him feel like I used to do that thing of like instead of just doing the breakup I would act out and do Mm. the bad thing so then I'd be like well now I have to do it because I did a bad thing and that's stupid I mean it's it's I don't want to say stupid it's a thing people do but I just you learn like that's just not the way I want to move through life and move through my relationships and um yeah it's just about having that like what is it is it that this assistant is giving you an attention that Mm -hmm. you wish you had in our like what it what is it that you're getting here that you're missing and like if that's the case let's talk about it like it but regardless it makes me uncomfortable you know like you just got to be real we just got to be real and also be willing to dig this is why i find that having a certain like being maybe a nosy person or a Mm. curious person Mm -hmm. or an inquisitive person helps because i'm always like but where tell me (laughs) tell me where this comes from i always want to know the root of the issue like i want to know like where's this but what does this really mean like uh, well it's selfishly it's also there's a it's helpful even if we're like talking about another person's relationship even in the context of talking about housewives and that's why I love AG so much because through exploring you know human relationships interpersonal dynamics gender marriage partnership business whatever it is it's like Mm -hmm. there's something good about talking about these things as an outsider because maybe it'll hit someone at home or it'll hit one of us in the sense of like wow that's something that I also have a habit of doing or here's something that you know I could potentially work on whatever it is I mean yeah and that's that's the thing people really like to like oh housewives is trash tv this but there's these there's these are real value there's so much value to it like you see so much of like of like the the real dynamics and Mm -hmm. like real thing like real issues there's some there these are real people they're human they're humans they're real humans they're not uh robots as far as i'm aware (laughs) but like they they're you see yourself reflected or you see the issues that maybe you could sometimes i've actually no no lie have had an issue with like a partner where i've been like well i was watching housewives and i saw this i love that and it's like but it made me realize this and we should talk about that like you know whatever it is that makes it happen yeah like you know you go to a movie i've i've heard of somebody a friend of a friend told me like somebody that she had like a crush on like was married and then went to see like this the movie the photograph with like lakeith stanfield oh i haven't seen it i've never seen it i think it's on hbo though it was on hbo max yeah but like saw it and immediately was just like recognized within that something up within their relationship and like was like i need to take the steps to like address this in my marriage and then maybe end my marriage and like something you when you see something Mm. you like um you see something you say something (laughs) but it's like when you see something even in housewives you're gonna like it's if it rings true Mm -hmm. and if it speaks to you and it speaks to something you're trying to get through yeah yeah like it's it's a good thing and yeah 
I just know for sure now I never want to date a man named Ralph. (laughs) (laughs) No Ralphs allowed. I mean, I think it can be a reflection and it can be a window, you know, like it just depends on how you view it and and how you receive it and how open to it Mm -hmm. are you. And I think it's a lot easier for those of us in the audience to be open to this than the actual people involved. But I mean, God bless a reunion because then sometimes often that um, choice is taken away in a way that can produce... Mm-hmm. you know a, a really fertile ground for vulnerability where yeah. you're not able to avoid these things I think that's what we're seeing play out on NJ oh my god New Jersey so much can I just say Teresa Judice, <laughs> worst person in the world <laughs> that's how we're gonna close Teresa. really the worst human you being think? in history worst person also Louis definitely shady definitely shady that guy just does not I, I get bad vibes from that guy I, I would be I would love to be wrong. I'll say that. But it's like to me, I think it's like I watch a lot I've watched a lot of true crime in my day. Oh no. <laughs> I, I watched a lot of true crime. But it's like, you know when you like I've watched a lot of true crime, I've watched a lot of dateline, I've whatever. But it's like when you're suddenly kind of like this partner is like keeping you away from your family and being replaced by like his people and you're like not having your friendships anymore and you're not like like when you're kind of slowly getting isolated and because you're in the like midst of like the the love bubble as she calls it mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again Ugh. but like she's like in this thing where he's like it's us against the world it creates an opportunity to like for isolation and like that creates a that's a very dangerous space to be in. I hear you. I M O. I M O. I hear you, but I also wonder. She has a habit of doing this. This wasn't Louis. Wasn't the beginning of this for her. So when it comes to like self isolation, she does. True. Has a true true big history of isolating herself against. And sometimes the guy is just the excuse. So with the Dolores invitation, like that's a tough moment. And I don't know who came up with the idea of having couples and then also she's discussed on social that like Dina was involved in that a little bit too that like maybe Dina was uncomfortable with seeing Dolores and so maybe Um. when they're talking about couples maybe that's because really that is how it is or maybe it's Dina or maybe it's a combo of the two what a like that is like the dumbest thing couples only that's stupid that's stupid which is why I feel like that couldn't have been but it also could have love all your friends I'm sorry you should just love all your friends and and it's ridiculous I mean it's one of those things that's like almost indefensible Mm -hmm. like it's not she's not even talking seating and that an odd number wouldn't work we're just talking like in life yeah who are the couples as opposed to who are the people we hang out with which I think would have been received a lot better but with Teresa I you know some of a lot of this I don't know how much of this is the Louis who I do agree all the you know alarms are going off in my head but also how much of of louis uh, of this dynamic with louis is an excuse for teresa to continue vendettas that she's had against her brother and system, sister yeah. for years well so here's the thing she is an ultimate grudge holder i mean li- listen to her like a cool sister-in-law would would have postponed the wedding so i couldn't be wouldn't be pregnant i'm like you psycho what is wrong with you? You are, it's just like the level of self-absorption is insane. But like, um, I mean, yes, here's the thing that's tough is a tough read because it's like, he seemed like she seems, she's obviously very happy. She deserves to be, she deserves to find right, a partner. She's gone through a she's lot. She's gone through a lot. Yeah. But also like, she's a terrible person. 
but is. I can hear the tree huggers in my head say not only do they disagree with that but I can also hear people say like isn't reality tv a fertile ground for terrible people what yeah. makes Teresa's terrible this... sense worse than anyone else maybe it's the fact that she vehemently disagrees with it I don't know yeah and I think it's just too like um you're I think you have a point in that like she just wants she just doesn't want she hates her she hates her sister-in-law no matter how much she pretends she does not like melissa she's like has a million grudges with her she has a million grudges with her brother it's a very complicated family dynamic obviously Mm. because there's clear also obviously a lot of love there but it's like families are messy families are hard and then when you have one family member or two family members or three that are like on some level and then there's like the fame thing and all this other things like Mm -hmm. i can't i i can't even imagine but trying to reason with her right listen respect to the tree huggers out there whatever but like trying to read this is like it's unreasonable you cannot reason with this person you cannot like and when you can't reason with somebody you can't even like explain something to them without and then they say she says she's sorry she's like i'm sorry i did that but then like then we'll like walk back on it two years later even like right she's just it's too much she's an unreasonable person unreasonable person which is why i was also kind of disappointing when i see this version of her because when i watched ultimate girls trip i was like delightful delightful i know so it's like what i it's hard it's like what is it i think i people have their triggers and people whatever i don't know but and and the truth is like i i know i could admit to this like I find when I'm around my family because they created the buttons, mm-hmm. like I behave sometimes in ways where I'm like, I don't like being this way, yeah. but they bring it out in me. Mm-hmm. And maybe Joe and Melissa do that, but I just don't think there's a lot of excuse there. I think it's just a lot of it is the unreasonableness. There's the nastiness on both. That, like I don't know. I just can't. I think someone needs to remind Teresa that she is also a sister-in-law. She seems mm-hmm. to forget that. She only looks at Melissa in relation to herself and her life. Well, because she's like absorbed. Also- she I mean, only sees the world as it there revolves has to around be a her. Heightened something, something because something. to say the sister, and then I think like, okay, you only want people in your bridal party who you call every day. But when Melissa got married, were you guys in that dynamic? My guess is no. My guess is, as a sign of respect, it is to me sort of indefensible that Louis would ask Joe to be a groomsman, and you don't ask your sister-in-law. It's insane. That's, That's actually wild. it's wild. That's insane to me. Like you need to. You need to make that decision that neither of these people, because actually extending that invite to him is incredibly insulting. It would have been better to have neither, but to give it to one person and and put him in that position, because you know he's not going to say yes. Mm -hmm. And if there's so much of this where I just wonder, like, as a couple, where is Louis in this? Mm -hmm. Because for someone who is jokingly called the Oprah of the dynamic, surely he understands that this very toxic situation from a superficial layer, you can avoid some of this by extending the invite that matches the approach of the other person on the other side, regardless of whether or not it was a decade ago. Yeah. There's like things that you, I think people enable, partners enable, Mm -hmm. but also like, you know, you want to be supportive, but also I think like it sort of, I don't I don't know because I, I can't I'm still trying to get a read on, on Louis too. He's like I the red flags are there, but I'm just like, are you I don't know. I don't also didn't like the way he talked to her, like the two years, one mouth, like that thing mm. I'd be like, don't it's like red condescending to me. But um yeah, I mean it's clearly a weird dynamic or a 
difficult dynamic and there's like anger maybe some jealousy I could honestly see just Teresa being like I don't want anybody to look hotter than me <laughs> like, <laughs> like on there I just don't want anybody to look hotter than me and like unfortunately like Melissa would look very like she would look hot <laughs> like you know like, I could see it being anything but I, I don't know I don't know I, I hope we see it play out next season God, she's still she keeps dangling this speaking of carrots dangling the fucking carrot of like we haven't decided whether or not we're gonna film it which I do believe they haven't decided but also like please God no spinoff for this please let oh, it be they're gonna and definitely get a spinoff it, it makes me so because we already I mean never before has a wedding been a spinoff for Bravo that's been so highly criticized by this point like I can't think of one Mm-mm. um Mama Joyce is not the audience no. she is herself so she is herself yeah because I think for the most part everybody was like Tamron Eddie yeah. Nene and Greg mm-hmm. yeah I love Nene and Greg Tamron and Eddie makes sense just yeah. two himbos <laughs> to imbos <laughs> listen okay. i could talk to you about housewives and all things everything until i mean the night would always be young um mm-hmm. tell the peeps how they can follow you support your work any projects that you feel comfortable um mentioning things that people can look forward to before i have you to the office like literally back next week <laughs> amazing i'm here i don't have a job right now so perfect <laughs> very free um, yeah um i you they could follow me on twitter i'm at by Alex Zaragoza. There's also Instagram where I'm at Tijuana Max with two X's. That's a TJ Max and a Tijuana Mexico <laughs> reference. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm taking a little break from um, my journalistic work because mm-hmm. um, I'm tired and I need a break. Um, but I've, a t- I've been, you know, moving into TV. Um, there's the show that I worked on most recently is currently filming in Albuquerque. It's a, um, it's a new show um, created by Shay Serrano, a former, or I think still current journalist at The Ringer, um, with Mike Mike Schur. Uh, who we all know a king. and love. A king, let me tell you. Parks and Rec. What a, literally everything. Also, <laughs> like, a wonderful person. Yeah, let me that. tell you, I've a wonderful person. An angel. Like, I would I would be like, Loki, I just would not have mentioned him if it, I was just like, oh, this horrible boss. No, He's a wonderful that's person. Incredible. And just to took so much care and so much generosity with, like, mm. Um, helping us make this show. So um, shout out to him. Shout out to Shay Serrano, who literally changed my life oh my and like gave me my first shot. And now I'm in the process of developing a TV <gasps> series. So hopefully oh that happens. Ah, Living the dream. Trying, I'm just trying to like, like if it's, if it's not going to be that I get to be on Summer House as the... <laughs> if, I get, if I get to be on Summer House, I'm going to just make my own show. I love that. God, I, I should... I, do you think I could get on Summer House, to be honest with me? <laughs> do you want to be on Summer House? I think that you would be like, I'm good. I think you would tap out after an hour and a half of their hijinks. The, I really don't. I'd be so sleepy, but also like, <laughs> maybe we need more carrots on TV. <laughs> we need carrot representation. Carrot representation. Just be like, here, like hey guys, like, I mean, I could do stuff. I'm into it. I, I want that dream to come true yeah. for you. At least a cameo. My I, God. Honest, one of those honestly, big parties. Though, maybe a cameo. I could not handle having to get that many waxes to be on that show. <laughs> I couldn't handle the drinking on it. It's like oh, the drinking. I'm not oh. a big drinker. That would take me out. I would yeah, be like, no. I'm so sorry. I absolutely can't cannot. do it. Um, guys, listen, speaking of things you can do, sign up for the Andy Scrolls Patreon. Number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes, invites to special Zoom key keys and 
so much more. That is patreon.com slash Girls. Follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. You can see photos of the clubs that we're in and so much more. And of course, slide into my DMs at Dame Galley on IG, EG, on IG, the thing I just referenced, for all your thoughts and feels, questions and concerns about episodes, because I'm doing a Patreon satchel spectacular shortly, and I want to hear from you guys first. And, you know, this was a delight. I'll it's always Thanks a delight. Thanks for coming to the club. Yeah, it's so beautiful. It's Thank like the you. most gorgeous space, and these dresses are killing me. Thank you. Shout uh. out to Studio Piccolo, who changed my life and can change yours as well. Um, On that note, Thank you, Mama. Thank you. Guys, hope you're all doing okay, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.